Hello, and hello, hello. welcome to episode 7. Um, no video for these next few ones, um, just because I am actually in the process of sorting out my laptop to make a better recording than video editing software, because it's just, it just takes forever and a yeah, day to convert it over, and yeah, the technology I'm using right now is still some stupid watermark across the bottom of it, and I'll have to figure all that out. So for now, I mean, the, the main thing is that you listen, right? Watching is nice, but... To listen is is more important. So, absolutely. Um, today we are going to talk about, I suppose, the thing that's on everybody's lips, which is the coronavirus. Um, what all the research we've done about it, by you know, putting it out that we are not medical experts, we are not, you know, infectious disease specialists, but you know, we have to take this very seriously because just like you guys, it affects our livelihood. Oh. Damn. Damn. It's all kicking off. That's it. The apocalypse has started. Um, but yeah, so we're going to we're gonna figure out, sort of hash things out and what we think is going on. So I suppose the first thing is, from a scientific perspective, is that this isn't the first time we've come across something like this. Um, this is COVID-19. COVID-9. COVID-3 was the SARS virus that hit us in 2003, 2004, which I actually caught, which is most unpleasant and MERS which is a different strand of the COVID virus which is something that hits the Middle East because it's transferred by camels as it goes so yes the uh, the strand is a infectious viral flu that is transferred from animals um, not necessarily dead or eaten but at the same time um, through interaction with animals and things like that. So yes, there is sort of partly truth to that. So absolutely, I think it's um, it's interesting what kind of it's interesting what kind of stuff actually does get um, put out there, isn't it? I mean, it's it's turning into a pandemic of panic. You could say, couldn't you? Really, because everyone yeah. is panicking about it. Um, and are we necessarily in the bracket that's going to get infected? Probably not. I think it's that we're our our generation. Like, was our twenty two? Obviously, or 30, 31. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I think it's one it affects one percent of us. Rather than obviously for older generations, it it does affect them quite badly. So I think there is a massive. Um, scaremongering I suppose in a way I mean obviously you need to know the facts you need to know what's going on in the world etc etc but I do think that there is a a form of people um, you know having a panic you look in the shops everyone's panicking about buying stuff and you know at the end of the day if we just keep calm about it and and face what is maybe going to come ahead of us then I think that's really important Um, and if we turn it in terms of obviously um, the gym, could we say? I suppose um, in terms of obviously the fitness industry, industry, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be massive. We're, we're gonna have a massive impact on obviously what we have um, what we have created, uh, what we have, because people are being told to stay away due to germs and viruses, etc., etc. Which in a way is is true, um, but. I don't think not exercising is going to help you. You know, I don't think not exercising, even if you are not coming to the gym, 
going out for a run, going out and doing some stuff, going for a walk or doing a home workout is probably going to be better for you rather than obviously not coming to the gym until, oh, okay, I'm going to suspend my membership or I'm not going to come to the gym because I'm scared of getting the virus and then not doing anything for a few months. It's probably going to be very, very um, counterproductive for you. So I think it's really important to, although this virus is very present, I think it's really important to keep yourself moving, keeping yourself active, even if you are quarantined, even if you are um, not able to you know, come to the gym or anything, it's really important to, to exercise. Yeah, so um, just confirming, looking on the uh, World Health Organization, just to give you the official terms for it, just so you know, yeah, we, do, we do fact check some stuff. Um, yeah, so the coronavirus COV are a large family of viruses that cause illnesses ranging from the common cold to more severe diseases such as Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, MERS, COV, and Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, SARS, COV. Um, so the coronaviruses are zoonotic, meaning they are transmitted between animals and people. Detailed investigations found that the SARS-CoV was transmitted from civet cats to humans and MERS is from dromedary camels to humans. So that's where those two come from. Um, yes, you from listening to um, a basically infectious disease expert who was on the board of all of this, uh, the, the best thing you can do in this situation is try and keep yourself as healthy as possible. Um, the way you do this is you have to, if, the biggest the biggest problem at the moment is stress. The, the, the biggest cause of issues at the moment is stress because nobody really knows what they should think, what they should do. We've got these two camps of people. There's the, the you know, the, to use the, the crude terminology, the fuck it, I've got, a, you know, I can't afford to take time off and I'm gonna go out and nobody's saying that you don't. That's completely understandable. And there's the people that everyone should be in their homes and we should lock themselves off. It's an interesting and very tough situation because the way you've got to look at it is this. How do you decide who stays at home? Because if everybody has to stay at home, who's going to look after the people that need looking after? Yeah. If you say kids need to stay at home, well then who's going to stay at home and look after the kids? More than likely going to be the elderly grandparents that are more at risk. Yeah. Because everyone still needs to work. We still need to work. You still need to work. There, the financial implications of this are huge, and it's that's also the bigger implication. It's all very well looking at other countries and other models that are putting this into place, which is stressing. And again, this is about stress. This isn't like geopolitics, but it is a big thing. You know, Spain's on lockdown. My friend lives out in Tenerife. He's been told he has to stay at home for two weeks. Wow. There are people in Italy that are in lockdown and stuff like that. And the trouble is, you, you kind of have to understand as well, these countries are screwed. Like, financially, they are so corrupt, it is unbelievable, and they don't have the infrastructure we have. So, and again, if you're staying at home, you're not paying bills because you're not making money. And nobody that I know, maybe a few people will have enough money in the bank to last for three or four months without working. It's, it's interesting, like, you know, everybody's getting stressed out about some going out, some not. And, you know, the best thing you can first of all do is limit stress, because stress um, lowers your immune response anyway. Um, there is a video on my YouTube about that, funny enough, about what cortisol does to your immune system. In the short term, it's great, but over long periods of chronic stress, you lower your immune system, which is exactly what you don't want to happen. No. Risk factors for the coronavirus are 
obviously the, the specialist populations we're looking at are the elderly, the very young, that haven't built an immune system yet, and I mean like very young. People with existing respiratory issues, cystic fibrosis, asthma, sort of the more severe ends of it, COPD, emphysemia. Yeah. If you are on blood pressure medication, you are at risk. If you are actually morbidly obese, you are at risk because being morbidly obese lowers your immune system. Type 2 diabetics are, have a lowered immune system and type 1s and people that smoke because you are actively destroying your lungs. Now, we all know where we fit in these things. And by giving the option for you to regulate yourself is both a good idea and potentially a bad one. Fair enough. Are people sensible enough to do what they're going to do? On the whole, no, as individuals, yes, because obviously on the whole, we have to take the stance that, well, if I don't work, I don't get paid. And if I don't get paid, I lose my house. If I lose my house, my children go live on the street. This is a very real thing that I have to think about. Yeah, absolutely. I am very much... I will. I, I am very diligent with myself. And the trouble is as well, the, the, it's the health anxiety I think is the biggest one, isn't it? Because now everything you wouldn't normally question, you question to the letter. Yeah. Oh, no. Every time my kid has a bit of a sniffle, you're questioning yourself more than you would do. You know, my eldest daughter suffers from severe hay fever and low-lying asthma. She coughs all the time. Yeah. Now that the sun's come out, and all the plants have bloomed, she is non-stop coughing and sneezing. Is that coronavirus? No, it's hay fever. But you still get the looks on the street. You still think, am oh, I yeah, a bad absolutely. parent for not watching it? But you have to do the right thing. You wake up in the morning and you normally have a bit of a sniffle and a cold or a cough or a dry throat if you're like me and you who sleep with our mouths open <laughs> because our noses don't have enough oxygen in. All of a sudden you're like, oh God, you know, and that's the stress. So, the, I mean, after saying all of those symptoms of people who are at risk, Keeping yourself fit and healthy is very important. Now, going to the gym may not be your best option because if you are in a high-risk population, and I don't mean as in living in your town, I mean you as a specialist population are high risk, then limiting your contact is probably a good idea. But you do really want to be trying to stay in fit as healthy as possible because that's the best way. One, if, you, if, you, if you're staying at home on your own, you've got to find things to do because you'll go stare crazy. And especially people that already have mental health issues and use the gym as a means of regulating that, you've got to keep on top of things because it's going to drive you mad. Yeah. And if you're going to sit at home and veg out, then your immune system is going to get compromised anyway. So it's, it's, a re- it's such a shitstorm at the moment. It really is because... There are multiple options you can take and none of them are necessarily right or wrong because at the end of the day, and this is what the experts are actually saying, not what the media, not what Susan on fucking Instagram saying. Good old Susan. I'm fucking George with his bloody, I know, seven ways to boost your immune system, buy my package. Now, by the way, if you come across those people, they're assholes. Um, is that there isn't a right or wrong. Now, countries that unfortunately don't have as big an infrastructure, and the thing is as well, you've got to look at, I mean, China's a communist state. It is. So they, they have state handouts and everything is run by the state anyway. So for them to lock things down is more normal. They do yeah. quite a lot. Italy is screwed, by the way, so Spain. But I'm not saying these are bad ideas. They are. But again, if it's a two-week incubation period, you're going to need longer than two weeks to make sure everything's stamped out. And you're hoping as well, that nobody recontracts it. And the trouble is, this is an airborne disease. 
And as they've said, washing your hands and using hand sanitizer is great for keeping other infections at bay that might lower your immune system, but it's not going to stop an airborne disease. It doesn't. It's not a bad thing, obviously. You should wash your hands, and it's amazing how all of a sudden how clean people have become. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, that may be what. But yeah, absolutely. You're dealing with a flu bug. It's a virus. You can't kill a virus. Washing your hands is a great way to prevent things, but at the end, it's an airborne respiratory virus. So the best way to keep it down is to maybe limit travel and social interactions as much as possible. But the funniest thing at the moment is actually I found the air quality is a lot cleaner because nobody's going out. So it's quite a pleasant yeah, walk. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? It is nice. And I think that's really important for, for people to know is that, you know, like, like we said, maybe going out and coming to the gym probably isn't a good idea for you. But getting out in the air, in the fresh air, getting yourself moving rather than sitting down. And, you know, perfect example, last year when I, I did my three marathons. So I finished in the September, didn't do any training in the, in the October, November time. And through December, got smashed with two bouts of, of tonsillitis. Now, I am totally sure, 100%, that is because I'd gone from working super hard with my training for, for a whole year, from September to September. I'd worked super hard, and because I didn't, obviously, uh, slowly bring myself down to, to stop training, I just went, cut it off totally. Um, I think that's probably why I got those two bouts of tonsillitis, because my immune system was like, oh, okay, I can relax now, and then got smashed with it. So making sure that you are keeping yourself moving, making sure that you are still moving around, keeping exercising, it's going to be so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely. Um, I think we're luckier where we're on the coast, you know. I think inner cities... Pressure, yeah. yeah, inner cities are interesting. Our air gets recycled quite rapidly because we're always getting fresh salinated air from the sea so it's salty you know we don't get the frost that other people get we don't get snow because our air is a lot different yeah and you know so we are quite lucky but inner cities where there's a lot of pollution and traffic and the air sits heavy it, you know but then most people in big cities are more prone to respiratory issues anyway because of yeah pollution. but yeah there's a lot of there's it's so weird because you want to talk about health and fitness of it all and try to stay you know as healthy as possible and you know again Thoroughly cook your food, wash your vegetables, make sure they're cooked properly. It might be worth overcooking things just a smidge, because you know that's how we've killed pathogens and viruses and bacteria and that for so long is by actually cooking our food. So you know, um, everybody. But and the things as well, like this, all this panic. It's interesting because to look at you know if you look at it from face value, people are assholes, and they're just bulk buying looking out for themselves. But if you look at it from a behavioural point, if you see somebody bulk buying something in a mild panic your instincts is to think hang on a minute am I missing a trick here have I not got on board with this what if I don't get left if I get left with nothing so you react in kind then the next person sees it the next person sees it the trouble is there is no shortage of supplies anywhere no there's a there's a shortage of getting on the shelves as people are buying it that's where the shortage is. But we're not going to run out of toilet paper. I mean, I don't know why people start bulk buying toilet paper. Because yeah. it's a respiratory. I mean, how much coughing and sneezing do you intend to do? Wow. But, yeah. 
it's it, there's a lot of it is is based on this herd mentality and it's it's dangerous. But again, this is where the quarantining comes from. If you if you shut the country down and nobody's allowed to go do anything, then then you're going to run out of food and stuff because like who's going to go work the fields? Who's going to pick the crops? You still need people out there. You can't completely shut a whole country down because you still need people outside. And as long as there are people outside, there's a risk of infection. But the the other the, the social the herd immunity or squashing the sombrero, whatever they call it, to stop the peak becoming a threshold that we can't deal with and just levelling it out and pushing it out a bit further. You know, it's kind of putting like a rod in the reactor, isn't it? You, you put... If one in four people are going to catch it, or more importantly, one in four people are going to get really adverse reactions to it, the other three people are going to catch it, get mild symptoms and, and be done with it. And that's what you're aiming for. Yes, there is a big price to pay for that. And at the moment, we're not working on a vaccine because, once again, we, we, we seem to be reactive, not anticipating these things. And I think that's the biggest problem, isn't it? Like, you know, we're always ready for war and an invasion. And like, as this, this the guy on the podcast was saying, that we just yeah. listened to, you know, we, we'll put loads of money into defence budgets. And now, what it takes is a cold, a particularly bad cold, which is all the coronaviruses are. They're a, flu, they're a cold and flu virus. Yeah. And it's indiscriminate. You don't have to invade, you don't have to fire something at somebody. As long as it's in the air, you're going to catch it. And it's just shown that actually what we need to be doing is supporting healthcare and stuff and stockpiling things for this kind of thing because you could rapidly stop all this stuff if we we thought the right thing. But, you know, that's done. That's not going to fix anything. So from the sake of blind panic and force buying, I mean, I... um, I managed to get hold of some new rolls. I happened to know the guys in the shop and I saw the delivery come in and he let me grab it off the cage. I took two sleeves. I'm not an idiot. Just two sleeves is enough. I'll go get some more and I can get some more. Yeah. Use some vapor rights. Jump in the shower if you have to. Jump in the shower. Yeah, mate. Just, yeah, just clean yourself off. Use your socks. Oof. Grim. I'm only joking. <laughs> I'm only joking. Um, but I then went back in the next day and I grabbed three, four packs because I've got elderly clients that I can get to and I'm going to get to them. So I've given some to my neighbour. I'll give some to my other two that I'm seeing tomorrow because for a lot of people, it, the trouble is it's like there's the, the site, the, 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 the spread of the infection is a big thing and I'm not downplaying that at all and I'm not because I complete as a father of kids, you know, and a family and that and I have clients that are out there and they do mean a lot to me. This is, this is scary. But at the same time, the social isolation and what that does to people uh. is a very real thing to figure out as well. The financial stress that people are not going to work and kids coming out of school maybe, which is why the Prime Minister has said he's not going to close the schools because you're just going to, you're not going to solve anything by schools. All the healthcare workers, all the nurses, all the doctors are going to do one or two things. They're going to stay at home, nobody's looking after anything. Or they're going to palm them off on somebody else. Which is probably what they will do. That's the thing. You have that's to. probably what they will do. Because you can't. You can't not do it, can you, really? Give give your kids to an elderly relative or lose your house. Because that's how, but that's how people are going to see it. Yeah. Because that's kind of the reality for some people. Yeah. Because the state, if we have 60... Yeah, 66.6 million people in England, right? It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people, right? And most of them are centred around London as it goes. Now, if the average person, I mean average person, this isn't like some of these richer people, only earns, like, the average, okay, the average salary around here is like 12k, 15k a year. 
you say 12k after well if we just load water 12k the poorest poorest places yeah. it's a thousand pounds a month you're taking home before tax right if every single person if the government had to pay that out because nobody's working that's a lot of money 66.6 billion pounds a month don't cry. I think that's about right. I did the math roughly on, on the thing. It might even be more than that, probably. But you think that that's what you're looking at? A month for everybody to have enough... That's crazy, isn't it? ...to that hit that nuts. basic threshold. That is nuts. That is nuts. You can't nuts. do it. You can't do it. This is where the, this is the trouble. You're, you're, you're battling, you're juggling so many balls in the air with this, aren't you? It's people's mental and physical health, which is our main concern. Like, and it sounds stupid, but I mean... So you know, for some people, this is no, it's another day in the office because people work online, and that is what it is. Yeah. For for people that I mean, I work with specialist populations. Is that it's more mental health. It's like there's a lot of there's a lot of things riding on them to getting themselves healthier and fitter and feeling like they can go out and walk and stuff. And this yeah. is what I'm dealing with. You're dealing with that. You're dealing with financial struggles because if you shut the place down, nobody works. People will lose their house, and people will start committing suicide. The suicide rates will go up if the financial system drops. It will do. You can't help it. That's where the deaths are going to come from in a lot of cases because most people will fight the disease off and they won't die. They'll just get it. Yeah. It's going to be that stress. It's going to be people losing their houses again, like the last depression. Yeah. It's not. It's it's not as black and white. But the trouble is, you've been you've been told that it's a black and white thing, isn't it? It's just stay at home. Everyone'll be fine. People won't be fine because you're going to get it. You are not going to not get it. Some people may only have very mild symptoms and not realise it. Some people won't get it at all because, I mean, they may have a better immune system. I have had one of the forms of the COVID virus and I fought it off when I was 15. I've also had swine flu and I fought that off with no medication because I took it once and it was just fucking horrible. So it turned my stomach inside out. So Tamiflu is awful. Oh, God. I mean, medicine's supposed to make you feel better. If I had somebody put their hand down my throat and tied my guts in a knot. I kept squeezing on them. It was it was it was horrific. So I just stopped taking it. So you know what I may I'm not saying I am, but I may be lucky. My mm. kids will have a slightly better immune system to it. One because we don't disinfect the shite out of my two kids. They get to run around playing the dirt all the time. But second of all, genetically, I built immunities which I passed on to them for the COVID virus. Do you think that that might be or have a factor to do with it though because as, people as somebody, are so clean now because oh, there massively. is such a massive uh, thing to clean everything to make sure that everything's sanitised to make sure that everything's this everything's that 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 is why things are so readily available to come out of the woodwork now um, and affect the whole population because people aren't getting immune to things like that yeah, no. I mean, for most bacterial problems, yes, which is why antibiotics aren't working anymore because we, we 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 don't expose ourselves to things anymore. I'd also like to point out as a disclaimer, I'm not saying I'm immune to no, the no. virus. I'm just saying I probably have a better chance of fighting it off because I've already fought it off before because I caught a, a very major version of it yeah. and it did knock me out for a week. It was horrific. It was bad. But strangely enough, none of my family caught it. I caught it. And it was Asian flu, SARS. It was SARS because it came out the exact time when it came out. But I don't... I'm not a sharer, I've discovered. If I'm ill, nobody else gets it. I never have done. I'm not... I don't... My body doesn't tend to expel it out because, I mean, I was in a family, a household of four people. I caught SARS, which should have, it should have me quarantined, and I just said, I was just stuck on a sofa. 
Yeah. For five, five, six days, paralysed on one of them. I couldn't move. I literally, my body just shut down. It was like, it was quite scary. It wasn't yeah. great. But no, I think it, the trouble is you can't stop a virus. No. So for those people that don't know, there's a little bit of biology for you. The difference between a bacteria and a virus is a bacteria has a nucleus. And if you destroy a nucleus, you destroy the cell. Viruses have no nucleus, therefore you can't technically create an, uh, um, a, an antibacterial. Antibacterials don't work on viruses because viruses don't have a nucleus, a single brain molecule inside them that you can destroy to, break the, to destroy the structure of the cell. Yeah. A virus is just uh, a lipid shell, which is like a fat, not saying that fat's a bad food, but it lives inside a fat thing, which is why they're trying to say the washing of your hands is going to work because it breaks down the membranes of the fat cells, but unfortunately it's a breathing one so it's it will help it's not gonna not do anything but it's not gonna cure an airborne disease yeah but because there's no nucleus to attack that's why you can't necessarily you can only try and vaccine and build an immunity up and your body realizes what to do with it and it rips it apart that's how your immune system deals with viruses and that's why you get a fever because your body's trying to raise its core temperature up to destabilize the structure of the, the, the viruses to break them down so your body can flush them out which is why when the feet is why the fevers are the dangerous part because if you get too hot that's when bad things happen because obviously our core temperature raises over a certain point we'll start dying because our cells start deteriorating. Yeah. But your body has no other way of dealing with it. It has to create this high heat to cause cell destruction to flush out which is why when the fever breaks you know you're alright. So it's, it's, it's a tough one. Like I think it hasn't helped and we've been saying this for a long time that the whole reason we had immunities beforehand was because we were exposing ourselves to things from a young age. We got vaccines and people aren't getting vaccines anymore. And I'm sorry, but if you don't believe in vaccines, you're pretty much a fucking idiot because the reason you haven't seen it or I never had it is because there was a vaccine for it. The whole reason we eradicate these diseases is because we built vaccines that build immunity. The reason you don't die from smallpox anymore is because we built a vaccine. It's where the actual term vaccine comes from. Because we, we found, everyone they found, I think it's going to be a fucking big history lesson as well today, if you don't reason know why we don't get smallpox anymore, which is incredibly dangerous, which is what every you know when you hear when you see the films and they're like, oh my god, it's a weapon of chemical mass destruction. Smallpox. It's usually the smallpox virus they're going to release, which is similar to chickenpox, but far more aggressive and it will kill you. Right. The reason we don't have it is they were realizing that all the milkmaids weren't dying from it because they were getting cowpox, which is a mild form of it. So the body figured out the. Thingy, which is why it's why when you when you, when your kids get chickenpox, you tend you used to have chickenpox parties. If one of the kids had chickenpox, you get all the kids together at one go, so they all got it at the same time. So they built immunity up to it. Right. Because chickenpox, if you don't get it, build immunity turns to shingles, which is quite serious. So right. the reason the word vaccine comes from the term vaca, which is Latin for cow, which is where vaccine cowpox, you know, the cow cure. And things like that. So the, the whole reason we don't have these issues and these illnesses anymore is because we realise that you need to... That's why you used to get the MMR jab. And everyone got their BCG scars. Because it, you got a shot of the... You had your Heath test where they used to put it on and they'd stamp you on the arm. I don't know if you had that. Did you have that or that? No. They don't do BCGs anymore for you. Uh, I'm not sure. Is that where they had the, the big circle on your arm? Yeah. Yeah, I had it. Yeah, yeah. I had it. Yeah, yeah. I don't they think they still do, but the Heath test was just to see your susceptibility to it. Right. So they put some of the virus on your arm and they'd stamp your hand with six dots. Right. That was your Heath test to see if you were, you know, susceptible to it. If it came up, it meant you already had antibodies to it. Right. If you didn't, you had to BCG. Right. Yeah. 
just like your MMI jab, just like your polio vaccines. All of these things are designed to stop you getting these really horrible things. There is no link to autism with vaccines. The reason everyone thinks they are is because actually autism shows around the three-month mark. You can test for autism in the womb from what I've read up on it. It doesn't show symptoms until three months, which is when you start getting your first round of vaccines. So everyone assumes by correlation that when you have your vaccines and autistic symptoms start coming out, it's that's what causes autism. No, it's not. It's a horrible coincidence that people have ran on. And it's like, well, you know, it's like saying but anything. You can you correlate anything. Yeah. But it's it's it's, it's a real mess. And you know, it's gonna it's not gonna it's gonna get worse before it gets better. People are going to die from it. Like when flu kills people, like when SARS kill people, like when swine flu kill people, like when bird flu kill people. Yeah. It is that's what this flu does. And we are going to have to be emotionally prepared for that. And I think this is the I think people don't want to be emotionally prepared for it. I think we still think that we're going to stop people dying if we all just stay in our homes for four weeks. Yeah. But then, okay, but then, all right, let's, let's play devil's advocate, shall we? Everyone stays inside. We stop the coronavirus for four weeks. Now how many people are going to die from mental health problems? How many people are going to die from healthcare issues because we're not getting people outside, we're not getting doctors to people, we're not getting yeah. nurses. People are getting stressed and in bad mental health because they're losing their finances and stuff. The, the, the game isn't a black and white toss-up between saying you should stay at home or I need to carry on living my life. There is, there's so much at stake with this. And from a health perspective, staying at home may be the best thing for you. But to get way back on track, I suppose, with the podcast before I've like gotten off on a bit of a rant. Yeah. Staying healthy is the best thing you can do for your mental health and physical health, which is why you've seen a lot of these guys, myself included, will included, have said, if you want a home workout plan, ask us. And this is where we're going to go forward. I mean, as well, um, a lot of people are considering going online with their training now for the next few months because it limits social interaction. But also, for a lot of people, I think it's having the interaction with somebody else as well and the accountability because it's very hard to motivate yourself when you're at home. And, you know, don't get me wrong, if I was stuck at home, I'd be sat on PlayStation a lot. I'd do all, my, I'd do all the work I'd have to do for my online business and then I'd be sat there twiddling my thumbs, I think. Yeah. So... I think what's important for people to know, though, is that we're not saying that exercise and a healthy lifestyle is going to stop you from getting it. No. What we're trying to say is is that it's going to give you the best possible chance at staying healthy, at making sure that it, even if you do get it, you're going to have the best chance of fighting it. And obviously, if you don't get it, then it shows that either you've been very lucky with not coming into contact with people or your immune system is, is, is very good. Um, but I think we need to make it very clear what we're trying to say is that we're, we're not saying that do these exercises, you know, make sure you go out and exercise, eat healthy, um, eat healthy. It's not going to stop you from no. getting and it. In old dearness, you should be probably doing that anyway. Yeah. Like, the, the message hasn't changed. It's just what are you going to do about it? So maybe I think we should spend the next half of the podcast just advising people what they can and can't do. Because I think that's the problem, isn't it? It's like people are like, what am I going to do? How do I, how do I work out at home? How yeah. do I stay as healthy as possible? You know, what am I, what are we going to do? So I suppose 
that's where now we've sort of really rooted out what the virus is, what people are actually saying across the board from the research we've done. Um, and by all means, we would obviously ask that you guys do the research as well because you need to decipher it in your own way that makes sense to you. Yeah. And we can be, everyone's slightly biased in their opinions and stuff, but, you know, taking more rational terms and things and finding out how to make sense of it in your own head is obviously going to help bring the stress levels down, which from my end of things is very, my biggest concern for a lot of my clients is that the stress of being at home or self-quarantine or financial stuff is going to be really impactful and I have to deal with that. So yeah. I suppose if we start from a nutrition point of view and work through, I suppose. So I guess the first one would be... Yeah, I mean, eating healthy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, everyone's been panic buying tinned vegetables and stuff like we're going to go into nuclear winter and stuff. And at the moment... There's still there's more than enough food. We're okay, but nobody's touching on the fresh fruit and veg. If you no. notice this, no, it's not. It's I was nice. in I was in Morrison's earlier, and the tin food is going through the goddamn roof. Can't get a damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. All the fresh fruit and veg aren't being touched. Because it's perishable, though. No, that's why they, they they don't think about whether it's going to be. I they, mean, they're thinking long term, aren't they? I suppose. All right. So okay. Well, that that's an amazing point. That's spot on the money. Portion up your veg and freeze it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah absolutely. It is, it is as simple as that. In fact, actually, if you buy it, give it a good wash, prepare it, put it into bags and freeze it, it will last. Yeah. Because yeah. it's no different than buying bags of frozen veg. It is no different. You're just doing it yourself. You're just taking away that point of the other person's put it in a package. I used to do it for normal meal prep. Yeah. Um... And the the thing is as well, you need the vitamins and minerals. Like the tin veg and that is great, but it's very basic. Like yeah. you, you know, there's nothing. Wrong. But then the other thing is like, if you, once you've cooked it, freeze it as well. The other make a soup. I'm gonna go and make eat one of mine tonight. Get old immuno boosting soup. Yeah, I think people probably, if you haven't got into the routine of meal prepping before, I don't think people quite think about that kind of way of, of, of cooking. Mm. I think people are very, very reactive rather than proactive with what they cook. Um, obviously, my parents are definitely very um, reactive to what they cook. They'll look in the fridge and be like, oh, it's this is in the fridge today. Okay, I'll use this for dinner. Rather than thinking, okay, so, you know, I've frozen this and, oh, we had that at a later date, blah, 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 blah. So I think... Some, for some people or most people they're very very reactive to what kind of things that they can eat and what kind of things they, they have in the fridge mm. you know and, and, and having that tin stuff there unfortunately as much as you know you can say oh yeah have fresh fruit and veg and, and cut it up and freeze it people are lazy man people are so lazy and oh look yeah, there's a tin I, in there. there's think, a tin let's just pluck yeah. it open straight in I think as well at the moment it's like people have been caught off guard as well and they had there been more warning and not that it, I was just something that the poor people in China are dealing with um, that you know look guys start thinking about prepping food you know keep your cupboards stuck up to a degree be sensible about things and this is the trouble people just aren't being sensible they're scared yeah. people are scared and, and they're panic buying stuff and you're just grabbing what you think you can eat and what's going to last the longest and that's fine but you know on the flip side of things you can you know for whoever's listening to this and you know it might not be many but you can freeze fresh vegetables yeah absolutely and they'll last and you get them out and then you know they're like stews and stocks and casseroles and all these foods that you know you, your parents and your grandparents used to eat 
is what you really need to be doing now because it lasts. You can. It's very easy to store and maintain. Yeah, I mean, if you think about in 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 the war, I don't know. It's going back a very very long time. But was that well, Spanish flu hit? In, in yeah, I mean, nineteen eighteen. I mean, all that stuff was rationed, so you probably couldn't go out and buy tinned if they did have tinned vegetables and stuff like that. A lot of people used to, to prep and a lot of people used to grow their own things and I'm not saying grow your own things, I know. I'm maybe a little bit biased towards that, but you know, people people used to eat those kind of um, good, high quality, um, I suppose to a degree high quality um, vegetables because that's all they had. It was the cheap way, the cheap alternative to do it. I think because we are such in a westernised uh, country world now where a lot of things are available to you I mean you're not gonna if there's say a pizza that you could just put in the oven for 20 minutes or there's a a whole bunch of basket of vegetables that you could cook up obviously you're gonna go for the pizza because it's the easy option isn't it yeah um I think availability is is a massive massive thing but actually the nutritional value is totally different you know I think we're all guilty of, of doing the, that exact thing that I've just literally said, you know, make sure that maybe they um, use high quality vegetables over things that maybe have good calorie content, I suppose you could say, or something that's gonna, gonna fit your satiety or whatever, you know, what, what you feel is best for you. But, you know, I think it's so important to make sure you eat your fruits, your vegetables, um, you know, things that are actually going to benefit you. Yeah, I, th- I mean, keeping your energy up is a massive thing as well. Like, as well, so you got to you got to hit the both parts. So there's no point just eating for volume if you're not going to get any nutrients in it because then you're just wasting. Yeah. Time. You got to have a bit of both, really. Um, cool. So nutrition is, you know, do the best you can with what you've got, and we're not saying we're not berating anybody for making the choices that they've made. No, absolutely. Because at not. the moment you're making the best of what you've got because you're in a panic state and stuff. But just be aware that you know buying the fresh fruit and veg is still going to be just as good and if anything actually that's what you know you can make it last just as long if you want it to yeah um so i suppose financial as well i suppose yeah. financial um accessibility is gonna gonna determine what you yeah want i think i think you've got to look at because we have the power to refrigerate and freeze now the the perishability of food is drastically reduced now like you don't have to worry necessarily about it that much because no. you can just mass freeze yeah, it yeah absolutely um, so exercise um, home workouts are going to become a big thing soon yeah. obviously so what I would say is while we can still do this and things haven't been locked down maybe now's the time just to get yourself some equipment for a home yeah you don't necessarily need equipment. Of course, you can do body weight stuff. That's absolutely perfect. But at the same time, for a lot of you guys, you're used to working with weights and resistance, so that is going to be a good idea. Um, you know, all you need is about is a fifty kilo set of weights. Women probably not even as much as that, but I think you know I'd like you to have a fifty kilo set of weights and a ten kilo kettlebell. Yeah, is what you need because it's going to be mainly circuit work. It's going to be high intensity stuff. But it just keeps the muscles moving. And the more blood you've got pumping around your body, the more muscle you've got moving, the healthier you are. Good sweat makes your head in a better space. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what you're looking for. Because you want basically something that's going to give you most return for minimal effort and minimal expense and minimal space. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. And I think you don't necessarily even have to go out if you don't want to go, have to, to buy equipment. Use objects around your house. And yeah, that sounds exactly. silly. Think of uh, people in jails. They use bloody books, don't they? They have like books in like a... 
a thing with a handle and they do like curls of that or uh, towels I suppose it's interesting it's interesting a lot of uh, uh, well, I've been, been, been in jail a few times no, I'm joking I've been Facebook um, joke only a monopoly mate only a monopoly <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I think I think even using body weight even using equipment in terms of I don't know uh, an example of God of chairs my head's gone blank yeah. chairs um, boxes boxes like, like, yeah, boxes, yeah. Yeah, but I water. Think, I suppose you could use water as weights and put them in bottles. And yeah, and I, but yeah, it's just one of those things. And like, if you if you want it, grab it now. But that's why I would suggest nothing more than a fifty kilo barbell set, and you know, dumbbell set, and then a, a ten kilo kettlebell, maybe yeah. sixteen kilo if you're if you're a dude. But yeah, so and then that's I suppose the next one is like mental health. Really, is like just trying your best not to panic. Like I think I personally think, and I'll probably get some lash for this. I personally think that the idea of leaving the isolation to the hands of the people is a good idea. Yeah. I don't think force closing small businesses and large businesses around the country in the long term is a good idea or in the short term, really, because all you're going to do is cause people to make a very difficult decision that they don't feel that nobody's really informed to make. No. Um, Go, going to the gym isn't the hotbed of disease that everybody seems to think it is, but at the same time, you have to do the due diligence and go, if I'm not well, I'm not going to go out. No. And, and the thing is as well, like the information of what the virus actually is, is available to you. If you feel rough, just check your symptoms. Because the chances are you might not have what you think you have. And this is the key thing as well. I think it's, as we've said before, it's the health anxiety for mental health is really making people panic. Yeah. Because, you know, people, some people think everybody's going to get it and we've got to keep everybody locked up so that nobody gets it. Well, how long do you go for? Yeah. Because the trouble is it will bounce around until it's done. So if you're in a family of four, you could be isolated for up to four months. Shit, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. What are you going to do? Like, if everybody's in that boat... You, you know, this is the thing. It, 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 nobody really knows how to feel. But check the symptoms. You, you know, they're very clear about what you need to get. I'll tell you what, just for the sake of podcast, let's go, let's go on it right now. I am, I am Googling this. I think it's just issue. mass anxiety, isn't it? I think, I think controlling, controlling uh, anxiety is, is a massive thing that many people will and have had to deal with and will have to deal with over the next few months. Especially as there is financial uh, difficulties that may come due to no working, especially if we do have to, oh, pardon me, quarantine. Um, but I just think that making sure that, that you are staying fit, staying healthy, um, you know, going out, going out is going to be a massive thing. I think we are very lucky down here in the South that we have a very, um, a very wide, range of spaces that we can go we can go down the beach we can go down to uh, a park and be pretty much you know meters away from other people that are are at that park as well you know like we said we've got that fresh air we've got that air that's that's not polluting like places like london you know we are very very lucky to be where we are down here in the south um because imagine being in the middle of london and, and being in those you know tiers of um of flats Mm. in a high story building and you're having to quarantine yourself in, in those that's going to be stuffy and horrible and can't imagine anything worse really I cannot imagine anything worse 
Uh, but yeah, I just think we need to, to try and control that anxiety around the whole situation. Um, reduce the amount of scaremongering that people are, are yeah. doing. And we were talking yesterday about having... Was it me and you were talking about having one media outlet that just... Maybe it wasn't me and you, maybe it wasn't. But saying maybe have just reading from one media outlet rather than looking to all different ones because people are going to say different. Yeah. People are going to say different. You're going to have one thing like, say... The sun basically saying that we're gonna we're gonna die of um, die of this virus. Everyone's gonna die, and then you've got say another paper or another um, news article saying that actually controlling the curve, uh, sort of curve of, of the virus, making sure that elderly and and older age generations are are uh, protected. Um, younger generations, although we are the most people, you know, most likely to spread this infection around we're not necessarily going to be as infected as say um the older generations will be so you know just making sure that you are aware of the situation but not looking into it too much that you're reading five different articles that are going to all give you the different answer to to the question that you're trying to find yeah have you got any any yeah so basically they've just said that the symptoms of the coronavirus are a new continuous cough so if you cough once that is not Something to worry about. No. Clearing your throat because you have a bit of a scratch. These are normal things. It's a continuous cough, shortness of breath, and a high temperature. These are the symptoms you're looking for. If you... Now, the trouble is, this is the biggest thing as well. Now, because we're on the turn of the seasons, hay fever's kicking in. So people are starting to cough more. But you know when it's your hay fever. Yeah. You know if it's asthma from car fumes and stuff because more people are going out and stuff. You've got to be a bit... And again, this isn't to downplay the, the severity of the situation because it's not. Because, as I said, I'm not a medical professional. What I'm saying from a mental health professional point of view, if you know that this time of year these symptoms are normal, try to relax a bit. Yeah. If they are unusual, ring 111. Yeah. If, if anything is out of the normal for your normal routine and you just have to be a bit more observant with things. Like my daughter, I, I feel so much for her at the moment. She's not having a great run of it. So she... We got out the door Friday morning. I took one breath in. I thought, I can smell pollen in the air. Olivia instantly cough, 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 cough. I mean, like, it was continuous, non-stop. Yeah. As soon as she gets in the flat, nothing. It's weird. Because the pollen's hitting her. Yeah. It's ag- and it causes her to cough. She's trying to clear her throat all the time. She has a bit of asthma as well, so that doesn't help. So every time a car goes past and the fumes hit, it causes a cough. Yeah. So it's it's just one of those things. But, you know, there are a lot of people in the exact same boat. I mean, this morning, she woke up because she got really hot because the flat's like a sauna at the moment. And she's like me, she runs very hot. So she woke up and she felt a bit sick. And now those aren't the symptoms of the coronavirus. Nausea isn't a symptom of the virus. No. She felt really green and flush. She was quite warm to touch. I gave her a couple of sips of water. All of a sudden, her temperature dropped down again. Everything was fine. She yeah. was dehydrated. These are what I'm trying to say. Like it's, you've got to be, take a half a second just to think. Right, I'm just gonna check. Is this normal? Have I felt like this before? You know, do I normally feel like this at this time of the change of the season? And it's just for peace of mind to give you a second. The more time you take to take a second to think about things, if you're in doubt, call. Just yeah. call one one. They'll tell you. They will tell you. You know, George did it. George rang up and answered the questions, and. You know, it's quite straightforward because they're just trying to screen and, you know, he said he only had one of the symptoms and they turned and said, nope, you're absolutely fine. Yeah. Yeah. 
and just be careful. If it gets worse, then you know. But the trouble is, like you, as you said, there's a two-week incubation period. You're not going to know. At the end of the day, if you shut everything, if you made everything mandatory right now, bang, right from today, everything shuts. Well, you could be just on the start of the two-week incubation. You could be a week in. You could be on the tail end. You don't know where you're at. So a two-week lockdown is no good. A four-week lockdown is ruinous to the economy and the individual. Yeah. Which means people will lose their houses. They will lose their livelihoods. Small businesses will shut down. The, the, the amount of mental health and suicide problems are going to skyrocket. And that's a very real problem that I am quite worried about. Yeah. I am very worried about that. I'm, I am not, and I don't mean this to be insensitive, I am not worried in the sense of people contracting it because we now know that you can't stop that anyway. Yeah. People will get it or people won't. And it is that black and white. There's a high, you know, probably more people will get it than don't, but that's what's going on. The trouble is if we don't do our best to manage this well, people will be taking their lives instead of it being taken from them because they're not going to be able to handle the mental strains of being locked down because the government isn't going to be able to... It's not because the government don't want to help. Everyone's like proper like shitting on them as well, going like, oh, you know, do all the rich people looking after themselves. No, because it's not the rich people that... It's the banks. If the banks aren't getting money paid into them, the banks have no money to pull out. Because if you start pumping money into the banks, you get the inflation problems that we had in the last recession. And money doesn't isn't worth anything anymore. Yeah. And this is the problem. Like it's such a delicate job. So you kind of have to be just diligent. If you if you just if you want to self isolate, isolate. Do it. Don't feel bad about it. But understand that if you feel okay and you can work, especially if you're in a job that doesn't really involve you being around people that much, you probably want to do it as long as you can do to make sure that you've got something saved. Yeah. In the event that. You don't, and you know it's you know avoid unnecessary travel where possible. Fine, but if you need to go somewhere, you've got to go somewhere. It's one of those things. Like it's been, it's it, you know it, it, without sounding redundant, you know, oh, it's no different than any other winter flu bug. The death rates are slightly higher, but it's still right. Like when the flu season hits, people don't shy away. You have to still keep going because that's how you keep going. You still have to have these infrastructures in place yeah. to make sure that the ones that do that are sick get the help they need. Because if everybody turns out and says, no, I'm not coming out. What happens? Everything grinds to a stop, and this is the interesting thing, really. It's you know, it's not easy, but it, to me, it's just highlighted that a lot of things need to be put in place, and we need to start changing how we do stuff. Yeah, and I think I think it's going to make the economy and the world realise that actually, people or quite a few people can work from home. I know. Let's let's flip it on the other side. I think just thinking about it in my own head now, you know. These people, if they are able to work for the next, say, say we're quarantined, worst case, four weeks. Let's, let's say that. If people can work for those four weeks from home and still get a good wage from it, then I think that shows that, that there is, is progression within the industry or with industries that they can or they don't longer, no longer have to have, say, offices chock-a-block of people all year round they can have people that can work from home Mm -hmm. they can have businesses that are able to freelance and work a lot more freely with their time because they don't have to go and travel an hour on on the train every day to get up to to places because they can do their stuff from home and i think that is going to be a an incredible um perspective for some businesses um 
that you can work from spaces that aren't actually um, contact, you know? Yeah, um, it's interesting to see how well we'll automate things down soon if we did get into the point where... It's kind of going the other way, isn't it? Everyone was scared of automation because they thought it was going to cause a mass lack of jobs and stuff because you'd automate things down. But now it's kind of like, right, well, what are we going to put people into? And this will help people. I think. I don't think there's going to be a lot of bad before a lot of good comes of it. Yeah. It will get worse before it gets better. But I really think on the back of this, there's going to be some massive changes that are going to come forward. They're going to be for the good because for sure. it has been a huge eye-opener that this time it's not just poor people getting sick. And this is the other thing as well, like when people are obviously going kind of mad about, you know, the Chinese people because it all started from a bad interaction between whatever animal, whatever. some say it's bats, some say it was something else. And on, uh, like, a, like a beaver-based animal, I think, wasn't it? Or yeah, um, I think it might even been a pangolin or something like that. That's it, it's a pangolin, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, no, that's what you said, yeah, pangolins have shown this stuff, but then, you know, that's, that's an illegal market trade anyway. But the thing is, right... The people that have, that this is coming from are so poor beyond belief you couldn't even imagine. When you get to the point where rats, snakes, bugs, crickets, critters and all that kind of stuff are general day-to-day food, that tells you that you've never known anything other than scratching for a living with what you can find. Yeah. And it's very easy for us to get pissed off and dismiss them and all oh, these like savages and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, that's fine. If that's where you feel, then fine. But let's do something about it. Yeah. let's use this to highlight that when you bring people out of poverty things like this are less likely to happen yeah you know but then that's not always the case it isn't always the case I mean it's camels camels aren't a sign of poverty it's just in the, the, the best way to get things around in a desert yeah you know it's one of those things like a civic cat how many interactions have you had with a civic cat never no Exactly. I think my, the only thing most people think a civic cat is for is that really expensive coffee that when the cat eats the coffee beans and poos it out, that's a civic cat that does that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like these things, they, they, they are anomalies that happen from animal interactions, but you know... Cat poo coffee, lovely. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Mother Nature do, does her job. She thins the herd when she needs to thin the herd and we, we are always constantly in a battle to, to, to deal with it, but... We, compassion is what's needed, not judgment. And yeah. if, we, if that's a massive... You know, and if we're going to end it on that, you've got to start taking a second to think of other people. If you are mass buying things that you generally don't need because you're worried, think how bad it is for people that can't get down there to get them. Yeah. If you're going to mass buy stuff, make sure you buy enough to give to somebody that doesn't have it, that you know. As I said, I've already gone and bought Lee Roll for my elderly clients because I know they're not going to be able to get down the shop and they're not going to fight somebody up for it. No, no. Not a chance. No. My next door neighbour's in her 80s, so is her husband. I, I went and got, I'll get them more if I find it. You know what I mean? And it is, it's very sad. You know, that the amount of people that are stockpiling nappies so that there are parents that can't get nappies for their kids. I mean, granted, you can get Terry nappies, which is just a towel and you just have to keep washing them. And if you yeah. self-quarantine, I mean, that's pretty much what you're going to do anyway. But... It's just things like that. Like, we, we've, we've, you know, it's, it's you know, the joke is, isn't it? Like, in February, it was like, be kind. And now it's like, fuck you, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, Get out of my way. But it just shows you what panic is. And the other thing that really was pointed was, like, now that you've seen how you lot panic when you think that you're not going to be able to get some loo roll, you can never criticise the lengths people will go to get out of war countries and these refugees that go and jump on boats and they know they can't swim and there's a good chance they'll die because they're that desperate to get out of stuff. It's like, that's where you mm. are now. 
Yeah. Just on a more civilised scale. You're not putting your life at risk, potentially, by jumping on a boat that might sink to get away from absolute poverty and de- potential death. Yeah. But you're definitely panicking and have to go fight one another over loo roll in a supermarket. Yeah. Well, yeah, doesn't make really... you any, it doesn't make you any more civilized than the other than the, than the you know the people running from war torn countries. You're fighting over loo roll because you're worried. Yeah. It's the same thing, but yeah, I think it's just it's just trying to. Uh, this storm's gonna it's gonna rage on for a little bit, then it'll calm down and people will sort of mellow into it a bit, like we do with every other pandemic that comes out. But people are scared. Yeah, you know, if we if we wrap up because we're close approaching <laughs> the end. Um, you can only do what you think is right on the guidelines of what you've got. If you're not very well, by all means, isolate. But we're not forced to isolate. So if you really do need to work, and I completely understand my words, is just do what you can and be careful. Yeah. Your health and fitness is still a massive priority, especially mental health. Reach out to myself or Will if you feel like you just want to talk and you're not sure where to go with things. Yeah. And don't stop exercising just because you're at home. You can still eat healthily if it's not tin food. You can freeze normal vegetables and stuff and just take care of yourselves. People, like we generally do want to see as many people back as possible. So if you need to isolate, do so. If you need to take some time out, do it. Just take care of yourself and your loved ones. And just remember a little bit of compassion because other people might be more worried than you or less worried. But, you know, panic buying doesn't help anybody. It doesn't even help you at the end because you just got a load of stuff and you know, you're causing your own stress of what to do with it. And the amount of people that bulk buy, they go, oh, I hope I've got enough room to store it. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> Hold on. You've got, <laughs> yeah. got enough room to store it. You might want to check that then, first yeah. before you go buying everything under the sun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. I think I think it's so important to, to keep calm, not to panic, get yourself in the best position where you are going to have, you know, you're going to be in the best position where you can fight this off you're not necessarily gonna gonna be 100 percent um able to do that but you can give yourself the best chance by looking after yourself keeping exercising looking after your nutrition um and getting to the place where you're in the best possible position to make sure you don't get ill mm. cool stay safe everybody and yeah if you need us absolutely we are here we are here to talk the gym is still open um, it won't be closing unless we're really forced to because we understand we're taking every measure we can to make things safe. If you're ill, obviously, do everyone a favour and stay away a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, don't panic. We're still here and we love you all. We'll speak soon. See you later. Bye-bye.